Welcome to the pen and the yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshayamit Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Kitavo. What is your GPS determining your location in the Jewish story? You are a professional storyteller. As an author, you sit down and you write a biography. We've talked about this before, but you what what makes you such a wonderful biographer is that you know how to look at the essence of a person and tell their story. I was going to ask you why you think human beings love stories so much. Wow, that's a big question. You know, I think it's it helps us make sense of the world. It helps us tame the wild universe in which we're living to feel like there's some sense of order. There's a beginning and a middle and an end. There's there's a reason or a meaning behind a life that we can see a pattern and we can we can understand um, the way we behave. I think I think it's all about trying to overcome that that sense that that it's all chaos. And stories really help us to make sense of the of the universe in the in the same way that that religion does. If I if I have to guess where you're going with this conversation, okay. Well, I think that's right. I think that what is you know what's the Torah? The Torah is a series of stories, and this week. When we open the Torah, we're going to really look at the the core Jewish story. Kitavo is going to begin with words that should be familiar to any Jew or anyone, actually, who's ever attended a Passover Seder. Arami Ovedavi, my father was a wandering Aramean. We went down into Egypt, few in number, but God took us out with a mighty hand and a strong, outstretched arm with signs and wonders. I think you're familiar with this. And this is the essence of the Jewish story. And so we as a people contextualize ourselves in the realm of the story. And I think it really uh, animates so many aspects of who we are and what we are. The Torah is not really a law book after all, is it? But it is this sort of amalgam of story and text and law. You know, it, it creates basically a broad vision of what peoplehood is all about. At the essence is having a core story that gives us a sense of understanding of who we are and what we're about, as you were saying. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that everybody is trying to find a way to identify themselves or to feel like there's a sense to their story. You know, my great, great, great grandparents came on the Mayflower or, you know, my great Grandparents came to Ellis Island after, you know, escaping the pogroms. It's where we begin. It's where we begin to identify ourselves. You know, who am I? It's really where do I come from? And how did I get from that great, great grandparent to to here? That's a big part of our identity. And and I think that's um, partly why the Jews have a, such a strong sense of identity is because we are the people of the story. We, we tell the story over and over and again, and that's the core of who we are. That story becomes our identity. It gives us a place in the world. It says, this is where you belong. This is who you, what you're about. And I think our story also connects us because no matter who you are, whether you're a Jew living in Chicago or in Beirut or in Moscow, on Passover, we're telling the same story. And through that story, there is a immediate connection. We become family. We're a people. This is our story. 
that is one of the main reasons I would suggest to, to help explain the survival of the Jewish people. And it's so powerful to think that people all over the world for thousands of years have shared the same story and that has shaped the identities of so many countless millions of people who really can't imagine much else about one another. I cannot imagine what it's like to be a farmer in, in remote Asia. And yet that farmer in remote Asia may be sitting down and telling the exact same story that I do about our origins, about our about our beliefs, about our history. And that's unbelievably powerful to me. I love that aspect of Jewish life and the power of the story. But in the age in which we live... I think we're also becoming more and more aware of what happens when we don't tell the same story or we don't include ourselves in the same story and how that becomes a force for disunity. And I think that that's actually an issue in the world at large, certainly in this country. But I also believe that this is one of the challenges that we face today. Here's an example. The manner in which Jews in Israel tell their story is going to be very much involved with the Holocaust, the need for the state of Israel, and the broader historical story of our place on that land that we've had a continual presence there for thousands of years. That's how that story is going to be shaped. The story of American Jews is a bit a different type of story. Yes, we have been storm-tossed and we have gone through a difficult history, but we've come to America. And so part of the basis of our story here in America is one which is about finding safe harbor in a country like America, which has afforded us you know, a democratic and open society. And so that's going to affect how we see ourselves. And so our stories matter as to our own self-identity. That raises some potential dangers because stories can become politicized and can be used for propaganda. And the question is, who gets to tell the stories and which version of the story do you want to listen to? So, you know, what's, what's really miraculous to me is that the Torah has persisted as, as well as it has without becoming divisive, or at least not in the way so, so many things have. But if you look at what's happening in this country now, there's, you know, or and in Israel too, everything is politicized. And even our stories get politicized. Then you have to look at who's telling the story and why. And these questions really matter as we share these these new versions of the stories. As inviting as it is to really let, let ourselves wander into the 1619 Project and the controversies in this country, I don't think we have to really leave our own Jewish story uh, in this podcast today because there have been increasing protests peopled by a growing number of American Jews against Israel or against the occupation in Israel. And polls are showing that a quarter of those American Jews that were polled believe Israel is an apartheid state, which leads to all kinds of questions as to whether there should be a Jewish state at all. And some of the signs at the protest have shown young people saying, this is not my birthright. In other words, they're saying, this isn't my story. I reject the story or that part of the story. And when Jews in Israel see this, Jews in America, when we can't agree on the essence of the story, what do we do and how do we go forward? 
Yeah, and that's a great question. And that part of the story of the American Jew is assimilation. And um, the effects of assimilation are felt when your sense of identity changes. And that's when, you know, the story shifts in ways that are unpredictable and you stray from the original story. So the story of the American Jew is very different than the story of the Israeli Jew or very different from the story of our ancestors' Judaism when, you know, before they came to America. So the story has to keep updating. But at the same time, there is a certain logic to ritualizing the telling of the story. Passover, we ritualize the telling of the story in a particular way. In other words, the words from our portion this week are actually quoted exactly in the Haggadah, and we interpret them. And so through ritual, what we're saying is, this is our authentic story. This has the stamp of the Jewish people on it. And it's a story about being taken out of Egypt, but it's a story where the people are going somewhere. God didn't simply take them out of Egypt because God wanted them to be free. God took them out of Egypt, ostensibly, to give them the Torah, and bring them to the promised land where they could practice the Torah. And that's the story we're telling on Passover. And so the challenge of the moment is to figure out how we can tell the same story with different emphasis at times. Yes, that's the story, but there were other Jews, even in the time of the Torah, who chose to live outside the land of Israel. How do we balance all of those stories and still come together as one people? That, I think, is the challenge of the moment. And, you know, I always tell people that, you know, history does not exist in a dot on the calendar or on a timeline. You know, history takes place in two places simultaneously. It takes place in the time in which the events occurred and the time in which you're telling that story. And it's seen very differently depending on when you're telling the story. So we need to tell those stories as if they're still alive and think about what they mean to us today and think about how they can shape our world and our universe so we can keep that old story alive and make it uh, you know, relevant to our lives. Because if we don't do that, then the story becomes dusty and old and starts to get brittle and fade away and you, you lose it. It's like the muscles. If you don't use it, you lose it. And I think that is really important today, especially when you talk about assimilation. You talk about, you know, people feeling like that maybe this doesn't speak to them in the way that it used to. These stories are, you know, and always will be central. We need to make sure they don't get dusty and start to crack and fade away. So the text of the story matters, but context also matters. And so, and the, again, the Haggadah is telling us this. That it is incumbent upon us to see it as if we were personally taken out of Egypt. In other words, when we tell the story, it's not enough to just do this ritualized telling. We have to update the story constantly and see as if we're going out from Egypt. What does that mean to us today? And where are we going? And how can we balance the choice of some Jews to go to the land of Israel, other Jews to stay, whether it's in America or France or Russia, all over the world? How do we balance that? And how do we come to a place where telling us the same story and maybe we emphasize different parts differently, but the essence of the story is the same? I think this is a vital question for our day, Jonathan, and I really appreciate you um, engaging in this conversation. 
Same here. And, uh, you know, it's about empathy. These stories must make us put ourselves in someone else's shoes. That's the power of a story. Imagine yourself in someone else's shoes. And as you said, we're not reading this as if it happened to someone else. We're, re we're supposed to be reading it as if it's happening. It happened and it's still happening to us. I think that's a great place to stop because that is the ultimate goal. If you're not moved by the story, if you don't see yourself in the story, if you don't see others in the story as well, then we're not telling the story well. And that's the challenge of the day. Thanks, Jonathan.